It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. The NFL Draft is in the books. Nashville had a great time it appeared hosting the draft this past weekend. Only one former Cougar selected in the seven rounds. That is Sione Takitaki taken in the third round by the Cleveland Browns. We'll talk about his selection as well as the news surrounding other Cougars and their professional opportunities mainly involving Corbin Kafusi and Tanner Mangum at this point. Hopeful that more guys will get opportunities as the week unfolds, but we'll track all that for you. We'll break all that down here in this first segment. We'll also take a look at the 2020 NFL hopefuls from BYU, kind of projecting a year ahead for guys that'll be finishing up their BYU careers or other guys that potentially could enter the draft early. We'll talk about all those guys in the second segment of today's show, and then of course we'll wrap up the show with all the other news in BYU sports, catch up on everything that happened over the weekend. All right, let's kick it off. This is Locked on Cougars for April 29th, 2019. Alright guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. Congratulations first off to Sione Takitaki, BYU's former linebacker. Third round pick, 80th overall selection by the Cleveland Browns. He's going to live his NFL dreams and I can't be more excited for a kid that has really grown during his time at BYU. Uh, He came in as a self described knucklehead, had some issues, was arrested for stealing some team gear from some of the other BYU sports teams, uh, had to plead guilty for, to misdemeanor theft, was kicked out of school for an entire year, but has come back and for a guy that uh, on certain draft boards wasn't even rated a year ago by NFL teams to be a third round draft pick after being projected as maybe a sixth or seventh round pick entering draft season just a truly meteoric rise up draft boards and a big congratulations once again to Sione Takitaki. The Cleveland Browns will give him an opportunity to play early. They struggled in the run defense last year and if there's one thing Sione is best at, it's probably stuffing the run. I think he adds to BYU's legacy of late over the last two decades of now being linebacker U versus quarterback U as they used to be in the 80s and 90s. He is going to be have an opportunity to play early in his career. Here's hoping that he can really prove himself. One thing that will help him stand apart from the rest of the guys in his draft class and guys trying to steal his roster spot is his willingness to play special teams. Uh, Sione was a willing participant, went out there and did everything he needed to do on the field and included special teams during his time as a Cougar. And I'm excited to see what he can do for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he, he was described by their GM Elliot Wolf as being a violent player and I absolutely agree with that. He goes out there and he just absolutely loves to play. Uh, the finished his BYU senior year with 118 total tackles. If I'm not mistaken, it was 19 of them came in that famous Idaho Potato Bowl. He was just a one-man wrecking crew that entire game and 
Yeah, I couldn't be more happy for a kid like this. He really just came, overcame a lot in his career. Um, Elliot Wolf also said that Tsunade Takitaki can, quote, can do so many things, we feel he'll have a role early on. And that includes special teams, I'm sure. Uh, he also added that Tsunade Takitaki, quote, plays with violence, unquote. And... I really feel like this is a good opportunity for Sione. Uh, last year, Fred Warner really made a big impact with the San Francisco 49ers, and I feel like Sione Takitaki has that opportunity to go to the AFC North where it's a really tough, hard-nosed style and stand out in the dog pound. I'm excited to see what he brings to the Browns. We'll be tracking him this upcoming season, but he won't be alone. There's two other guys that got opportunities after the draft wrapped up and kind of what we expected to happen. Uh, Sione, uh, not Sione Takitaki. We just talked about Sione Takitaki, but Corbin Kafusi, BYU linebacker uh, slash defensive end. It kind of depended where he lined up as a senior. He's even played defensive end at the NFL level. Has signed an undrafted free agent deal with the New Orleans Saints. He'll be reunited with Taysom Hill, who was a standout do-everything player for the Saints, as well as Tomasi Laulile, the former BYU defensive lineman, was on the practice squad for the Saints this past year, and he'll be competing with with Corbin for playing time during the offseason here, the training camps, the mini camps, etc. And I think it's a good spot for for Corbin Kafusi. Uh, I I wondered where he would end up because he's such a unique guy. It's so tall. It's six foot nine. His ability to rush the passer. He's going to learn how to play with more leverage than he ever had to at BYU. He got better at it throughout his career at BYU. I'll freely admit that. I worried about his ability to bend and really uh, use his leverage with being such a long and lean athlete. But he really got better at it at BYU. But he's going to have to take it to a whole nother level to thrive in the NFL. And here's hoping he has that opportunity with the Saints. I think it's a cool place for him to land with two of his former teammates in Tomasi Laulile and Taysom Hill. They can kind of show him the ropes, kind of shepherd him through this process. Uh, Both of those guys also undrafted free agents, so they understand the route that Corbin is embarking on. So they can really impart some wisdom, hopefully, to him and really help him make an imprint uh, with the Saints. Of course, this is a championship mindset when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. They were in the NFC Championship. Championship game a year ago felt like they were unjustly uh, booted out due to an uncalled pass interference and it was pass interference but they're very much going to be chasing another championship this year and I think it's going to be tough for Corbin to make the roster for the Saints just based on looking at their roster as it stands currently but who knows injuries always play a role in this here's hoping that he's able to be fully healthy and be able to make an imprint and make an impression uh, right off the bat because that's going to be critical for him is to go in to show what he can do right away he joins his brother Corbin Kafusi Corbin joins his brother Bronson Kafusi in the NFL Bronson of course currently on the New York Jets roster and cool to see two of the Kafusi boys playing and here's hoping they can both achieve their dreams and stay on a roster this year I'd, I'm, I'm interested to track how they do uh, the other B- former BYU player to get his opportunity in the NFL at this point is Tanner Mangum. He's received rookie minicamp invites by the Detroit Lions and also the Minnesota Vikings and 
I think this will be interesting to see how he does because he's going out there and he's going to have to show what he has an arm. Oh, sorry, not the Minnesota Vikings. Why did I say the Minnesota Vikings? Oakland Raiders, excuse me. So he'll be visiting the Detroit Lions to throw for them and also the Oakland Raiders. And I'm interested to see what Tanner can do with this opportunity. He's going to have to flash a bigger arm than he has shown during his time in the last two years at BYU. Uh, that arm that he showed as a true freshman coming straight off his mission is more of the arm he's going to need to show. NFL scouts show the ability to have the touch and the accuracy and it's I think it's an opportunity for him that's all he really wanted he recently got married and he had told multiple people he wanted to pursue professional football before deciding to go on to whatever else is next I know he's got aspirations to go on and get an advanced degree a master's degree or maybe even a PhD and chase that if the NFL dream doesn't work out for him and He's got his opportunity here. He's going to have to make a big-time impression because rookie minicamp invites, you're essentially guaranteed to show up for one to two to three days, and that's it. And you've got to be able to show out. So here's hoping that Tanner Mangum can go out and really make an impression either with the Lions or with the Raiders. The Raiders would be, inter- be interesting because John Gruden, of course, Chucky, uh, the quarterback guru himself, he did all those Gruden's mini QB camps on ESPN for years there. He, he, he evaluates quarterbacks very, very closely, and I'm interested to see what he can do to show Chucky and the Raiders what he can do. And Matt Patricia and the Lions, uh, Patricia, primarily a defensive-oriented guy. I'm not sure what the connection there is to get Tanner Mangum into that camp, but best of luck to him, plain and simple. I was disappointed not to see Braden L. Bakri get his opportunity to do, play in the NFL. I'm hopeful that maybe he gets a rookie minicamp invite as guys kind of decide where they're going to go this coming week. It's still not uh, completely dead and over for him to have his opportunity, but He's got to be able to show up whenever he's called on and make an impression right away. Uh, We'll see if guys like Michael Shelton get an opportunity down the road here. I don't know uh, what the future holds for him, but here's hoping that whatever it is, maybe these guys have the opportunity with the XFL. We saw the Alliance of American Football, rest in peace, uh, was an opportunity for multiple guys who are now on rosters in the NFL to make an impression. Can the XFL be that launching point? Could a guy like a Michael Shelton go play well in the XFL and get that opportunity to jump over to the NFL? I think it'd be great for him. Braden L. Bakri the same way. If he doesn't get that opportunity to show what he can do in the NFL, I'd very much be training with the eye of, okay, I I didn't make the NFL this go around, but if I can play in the XFL and show what I can do, maybe I can make that jump at some point. And even a Tanner Mangum, in all reality, if it doesn't work out here with the Lions or the Raiders, I very much think that the XFL would be a good route for him if he really wants to pursue professional football. All right, there you go. Some of my initial thoughts on the NFL draft. We'll track all the news for you going forward. Of course, we'll be hopefully catching up with some of these players now that they've been drafted, etc., and find out what their impressions are of going to new teams. And I'm excited to to see how they do this upcoming fall. It'll be very interesting to track them all as we normally do each and every week here on the podcast. All right, we will take a time out here, come back on the other side, and we'll look ahead. The 2020 NFL crop of prospects for BYU players. Which guys do, do I think should be drafted or have an opportunity to be drafted next year? We're going through that next. This is Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock 
deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back. This is Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on all things BYU right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network. Thanks again thanks again for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. I'm Jay Catch. If you're new to the show, thanks for t- downloading us. We are a daily podcast focused on all things BYU and anything BYU related. Today with the NFL draft in the rearview mirror, we just re- reacted to the players picked up in this year's draft. Now we turn our attention to the 20, 2020 and NFL draft class and BYU has not had multiple players taking the NFL draft since 2009. So we're going on a decade plus without multiple BYU players being selected in the NFL draft. And I actually feel like 2020, the NFL draft class for BYU in 2020 is going to break that streak. Just looking at it right now. Uh, Of course, guys like Troy Warner, Chris Wilcox, Austin Lee, uh, Zane Anderson, Aleva Hifo. Those are all the names that are going to be listed. They're going to be talked about today. Diane, on Woloku. And I feel like at least two or three of these guys should be picked up in the NFL draft, but they're going to have to go out and prove it on the field. Uh, Chris Wilcox is a guy who has really come along during his BYU career. Uh, at six foot two, he's a cornerback. He's got the elite size the NFL teams covet from their cornerbacks. There's been a trend for the last five or six years of NFL teams wanting cornerbacks that are six foot tall or taller. Uh, Wilcox can fly. He should run really well in the 40-yard dash. And here's hoping that his ankle injury that he suffered late in the season last year really precluded him from participating in spring ball this year because he was still dealing with the after effects from surgery, etc. doesn't slow him and gives him an opportunity to go play in the NFL. Uh, there's an op- opportunity if Wilcox doesn't fully heal this offseason going into the summer, etc. He could redshirt. He still has his redshirt year available. I think he'd prefer to play out this year and see what his professional prospects are. But I feel like Chris Wilcox is a guy that very much could be the first cornerback taken for BYU for in a long time. Uh, doing some research on it, I looked it up. Brian Mitchell. Of course, a lot of BYU fans who are a little bit older probably remember that name. Brian Mitchell was selected in the 1993 draft. So in 2020, that would be 27 years between cornerbacks being drafted for the Cougars. And he could be joined by two teammates potentially. Uh, Troy Warner, of course, the younger brother of San Francisco 49ers linebacker. Uh, Fred Warner. He got married this past weekend. I guess I should say congratulations to him. He married his wife in the San Diego Temple. Of course, he's from the San Diego area, so congratulations on the nuptials to Troy Warner. Um, Here's hoping that he can overcome his own injury concerns with his foot. I missed a lot of spring ball, still dealing with some soreness in that foot, and I'm hopeful that he can go out and prove his ability. Uh, If his foot isn't healthy, similar to Chris Wilcox, I'd redshirt him. Plain and simple. If Troy Warner is not healthy this year, redshirt, get fully healthy, and then show what you can do as a senior in 2021 maybe. But I feel like both Wilcox and Warner really want to push it and see if they can get through it and then jump to the NFL ranks. These guys are upperclassmen now. They're not looking forward to hanging out for another year at BYU, and that's not nothing against BYU. They just want to go out and make money. They want to be able to play professionally. And 
here's hoping that both Wilcox and Warner enjoy um, some good health this year and have a good showing on the field. I feel like of those two, Wilcox is the more likely to be drafted because he has the additional film, but we'll see what happens. Um, it, so those two could be joined by Dion Gunwoluku. Of course, Gunwoluku has made the move like Trey Warner to safety for BYU, but has the ability to play cornerback. I think he's got less speed than Wilcox and Warner, so he'd be more apt to play safety in the NFL. But Gunwoluk, who's got the size, the experience, and I really feel like the ability to make an imprint in the NFL. He's just a true ball hawk. He flies around the field, not afraid to come up and run coverage and really hit guys. I think Derwin Gray is actually the last uh, defensive back taken from BYU. I think might have also been in that 1993 draft, maybe 94. But We'll see what happens with Gonwoloku. I feel like he's probably the best NFL prospect simply due to the fact that he's healthy, plain and simple, in terms of defensive backs coming out of BYU this coming season. And I really feel like Dion Gonwoloku is going to make his NFL dreams come true in 2020. Uh, He's got all kinds of film. Like I said, he's a ball hawk. He's a playmaker. He's a true cover guy. If they need to play him at a slot cornerback role, but... I feel like as a safety, Diangon Wolaku is going to be a good player in the NFL, and I feel like he'll make a roster and really impress some people. Other guys on that list, Zane Anderson. He's a very interesting uh, prospect, of course, having played safety for most of his career at BYU. Made the switch to flash linebacker this, this past year. Uh, needs to bulk up if he wants to play linebacker at the NFL level, but with his speed and size, I think he could be one of those hybrid guys who goes and plays cornerback and also so a defensive back in the NFL, and that'd be very interesting to see how it shakes out for him because he's got that ability to come up and run coverage, and if he can show that he can do that more without getting injured this year, of course, redshirting last year after only playing four games, making that move to the flash linebacker spot, I think he's got an opportunity to make an impression with NFL teams. Linebackers have very much made a good impression from BYU in recent years, so that should only help Zane Anderson's cause as he's chasing the NFL because he can go out there and really say, hey, I'm the next in the line of linebackers who have made a good impression for NFL teams. But he's got to load back up. He's got to be able to get to about 220 pounds, I feel like, and be able to show that he has has kept his speed and athleticism at that size as what he showed when he was a safety and also in the limited action at flash linebacker last year before that shoulder injury. So I don't know uh, what the future holds for Zane Anderson at the pro level, whether it's linebacker or safety, but... In the NFL these days, they like these hybrid guys who can both play a safety role and also come up and play and run support as a, as a third or fourth linebacker. And I feel like Zane Anderson's kind of in that mold. A couple other names to keep an eye on. I'm not sure necessarily they'll be drafted, but guys I feel like will get an opportunity to prove that they can do in the NFL. Austin Lee, of course, the former Utah transfer, has been a great quarterback for the BYU defense. And he joins another joins that list of defensive backs from BYU. Could break a long long streak of undrafted uh, guys, but I feel like Austin Lee probably ends up going the undrafted free agent role. Uh, Chase Hansen from Utah just was an undrafted free agent. Taysom Hill was an undrafted free agent. Daniel Sorensen, who has made big time money now with the Kansas City Chiefs and probably looking back should have been an NFL draft pick, was an undrafted free agent. And I feel like Austin Lee as being an older prospect probably gets that treatment. Ends up uh, being a guy who's undrafted, but I think 
could make a roster very easily. Austin Lee is a great player. He has shown the ability to go all over the field and make all kinds of plays, can really come up and play and run support, and I feel like really could make an impression after this upcoming senior year for him. And the one other guy who I feel like I think should be a draft pick, but I feel like he just he screams to me the case of an undrafted free agent, but it gets an opportunity to make a roster is Aleva Hifo. Of course, Hifo has played all over the field for BYU, has played some running back, has played slot receiver, outside wide receiver, and that goes to help him when it comes to the NFL coming up next year. Um, Hifo has got all kinds of athleticism, but being 5'10", 5'11", and 190 pounds, doesn't have the elite size and speed combo that NFL teams covet from their wide receivers. I think he can take faith that the NFL has plenty of guys. Cole Beasley, you think about it, Julian Edelman, uh, just uh, all these Wes Welker, who are undersized guys but can get open and can catch passes, and NFL teams love them. And I feel like Aleva Hifo has to believe he's got the ability to do that. He has the ability to show that he can play with the ball in his hands, be an athletic playmaker. Uh, the NFL, more and more, when it comes to skill players, they want guys who are versatile. And I mentioned the fact that Aleva Hifo has played running back, he's played slot receiver, he's played outside wide receiver. That is going to be a benefit to him when NFL teams are evaluating his film, his ability to play in multiple spots. He's not just confined to playing at one spot, and it's not going to preclude him from doing anything. I I don't know that, he, like I said, I don't know that Hifo uh, gets drafted per se, but if his athleticism, his speed, and everything tests, tests well next year during the during the NFL evaluation period for the NFL draft, he could find his name being called by, I think it would be very late in the draft, much in the same mold of John Ursua, the former Utah high school star from Hawaii who was take, taken in the seventh round by the Seattle Seahawks. I think it would be Aleva Hifo's best case scenario in terms of being selected. But being an undrafted free agent, I think he'll have an opportunity. And also, one other note for him is his ability to return kicks. Uh, he's done that and Sione uh, not Sione Takitaki, Kalani Satake has said that Aleva is probably one of the leading candidates to return kicks once again this year, and that should only help him when it comes to BYU and his opportunity at the pro level. Um, a couple other names to track in terms of early de- declaration guys I could see is maybe a Matt Bushman if he has a big year this year. Being an older kid like an Austin Lee having served a mission, he could decide, okay, I've done three years, I've had good showings, and I want to go play in the NFL. I could see him maybe making a declaration. I do wonder, though, as being an older guy, if he gets the Austin Lee treatment and has to go the undrafted free agent route. We just saw that with Utah State's Dax Raymond, another guy who went on a mission, declared after his junior year at Utah State and then went undrafted. I I am interested what Matt Bushman is going to decide to do this year. He's also married and probably looking to go out and provide for his family. And then two other guys to track, Kyrus Tonga, who we've all can really see. He's got the size, speed, the athleticism to be a defensive lineman in the NFL. Can he be consistent enough on film this year and make that jump and have an NFL team jump at him? He's going to have to prove he doesn't take plays off. That's one thing that I'm hopeful that his motivation is there to go out there and play extremely well, and he can prove that. And also Tristan Hodge, a guy who transferred from Notre Dame. He's made no... He's made no excuses for the for the dream of his of going to the NFL. Now he's a little bit older, having had to sit out that year after transferring from Notre Dame. Could he also leave early if he has a good good year along the offensive line for what should be a very strong BYU offensive line? I do wonder. 
we'll of course track this for you guys going forward into the fall. May have some guys on who do this for a job and talk about the prospects of guys, what they need to show on film this year to really solidify themselves as a true NFL draft prospect. And we'll we'll keep it tracked for you. We're we're covering everything from every angle on BYU on this podcast and excited to do that. We'll take a time out here, come back on the other side, run down everything that happened in BYU sports over the weekend. But a reminder for you guys is check us out on all your major podcatchers. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. But also, more importantly, we're also here on the Himalaya Podcast app. It's a fantastic new app, all kinds of technology going into it, a lot of money behind it, always adding new features. They have playlists that you can use each and every day to learn more about uh, your favorite podcast and also kind of find out about new ones that are going on around your interests, I guess if you're a sports fan or if you're interested in politics, whatever you're interested in, they can build playlists for you that find like-minded podcasts, let you listen to everything you want to. And we are on there. We are on the Himalaya podcast app. The entire Locked On podcast network, including the Locked On Cougars podcast, is available on the Himalaya podcast app. So check us out there. All right, more in a moment. This is Locked On Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. As we close out today's edition of Locked On Cougars, I want to remind you guys to make sure to download the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and also give us that rating and review, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Those five-star reviews are worth their weight in gold in this podcast sphere, and I thank you guys for taking the time in advance for downloading us and continuing to support the podcast. Let's run down everything. Let's run down, excuse me, everything that happened in BYU sports over the weekend. BYU baseball enjoyed another great weekend. They're now 29 and 10 on the season as a whole. Uh, they swept, of course, their series against Pacific. They won 11-7 on Thursday, of course, thanks to that grand slam. Then they went out and rolled in the final two games of the series. Friday winning 12-1 and then shutting out the Tigers 5-0 on Saturday in the series finale. Congratulations to Mike Littlewood's team. They'll they'll be going for their 30th win today in Berkeley, California as they take on Cal. That's at 4 o'clock Mountain Time. It will be televised on the Pac-12 Network as well as having a radio broadcast on BYU Radio before they head to Los Angeles this weekend for a series against Loyola Marymount. So some big opportunities for BYU this coming week as they stay in California for an extended period of time this season. And I'm excited to see what they do. They're kind of in the final stretch of the season here, really looking to solidify themselves as an at-large candidate for the the NFL tournament, the NCAA tournament, and we'll see how it goes for them. BYU softball swept their weekend as well. They're now 24-20 on the season, 8-1 in conference play. Congratulations to the softball team. They went out and swept their series against San Diego with an 8-0 win in six innings on thir- on third. So the first game on Friday was an 8-0 shutout in six innings. Then they beat San Diego 15-2 in five innings in the nightcap on Friday. And then they won the series finale Saturday afternoon at 7-1. 
Uh, BYU softball back in action in Provo this coming Wednesday when they host rival Utah in the Deseret First Duel. That's at 6 o'clock Mountain Time on Wednesday night. A disappointing finish for BYU golf. They started out very hot this tournament, but then just faded over the last couple of days. Bruce Brockbank was quoted as saying, "We gave a lot, gave away a lot of, sh- gave we gave a lot of shots away. It was a disappointing last couple of rounds for us. BYU finished in fourth place overall as a team. They were uh, three under as a team fourth place uh, i believe 11 strokes oh sorry nine strokes behind pepperdine who won the tournament at 13 under uh, carson lundell led the cougars with a minus three showing overall tied for sixth followed by peter quest who was two under after shooting ugh, an abysmal 76 on the final day to finish tied for eighth overall we'll see what happens with byu in terms of their opportunities with the team and the ncaa tournaments coming up i expect that peter quest at minimum will be an individual playing in the ncaa championships We'll track that for you going forward. And then one final note for you guys is that the NCAA, in terms of the NCAA regional marks for BYU's relay teams and the men's and women's track and field teams, three of the BYU relay teams ran qualifying times for the 2019 NCAA West prelims on the final day of the Robinson Invitational on Saturday in BYU's home meet. So congratulations to those three teams. Ed Eystone was quoted as saying, getting our relay teams in position to qualify for the first round of the NCAA championship is one of the big goals coming into this meet to the end to the to end the meet are two four by four hundred meter teams doing just what is a testament is a determination that they have the fact that we likely have three relays going to the regional meet is outstanding so congratulations to BYU's relay teams I know there's been like 30 or 40 other athletes from BYU's track and field teams who are both ranked in the top 15 uh, no top 10 excuse me they've really had a good season so far and here's hoping that it continues as they get ready for the NCAA regionals and NCAA championships the Cougars will be back in action this coming weekend of the Peyton Jordan Invitational and the Weber State Twilight Invitational. Those are both this weekend. You go to the BYU track and field team schedule page for all the details on those two meets. There you go. That's the podcast for today. Thanks again for joining us. We'll catch you tomorrow. Catching up as always on everything else going on in BYU sports. Still have a lot to cover this week as we get ready for the offseason. It's really going to set in here in the next week or so, but we'll be tracking everything for you and also looking ahead to the upcoming football season as well. Both covering the news of the current and also looking ahead. It's going to be a fun time. And thanks again for joining this podcast each and every day. Catch you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Cougars for April 29th, 2019. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.